Brought to you by Audi Norwell. Audi Norwell, your exclusive Audi dealer on the South Shore. The ultimate football team. The ultimate football show. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Hour on Sports Radio WEEI. The most comprehensive, in-depth presentation anywhere concerning fantasy football. The Fantasy Football Hour is brought to you by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Window dealer. By Moxie Soda. By Gould's Distinctive Clothing. And by Atlantic Power Cleaning. The fun and games starts now. Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. Here's Jim Hackett and Pete Davidson. All right. Good morning, everybody. Jim Hackett along with Pete Davidson. Good morning, my friend. Hey, buddy. Big uh, big, big news surrounding our little New England Patriots here uh, since Friday night. Kobe Myers. Yeah, let me tell you something about him before we get in. Before we get into the receiver, we're going to talk about Flash Gordon. Um, oh, Jacoby Myers just catches Harris. everything, man. Everything. Uh, we talked about him last week. He, we did. He, yeah, you know he's he's a dependable guy. I mean, it was it's, it was really there in his college film, and we it's funny we talked about his quarterback last week. Ryan Finley. Everybody's talking about him this week, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's nice, um, Finley. Maybe the Red Rocket is a guy we won't have to talk about much longer, Hack. Who knows? I, I would, uh, I would I'm like down that. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, Ryan Finley's worth if, if you ha- if you have to. I always say it's like it's just the way the draft falls to you sometimes. If you have to take Andy Dalton, if you're in a deep league, just take Finley with your last pick, get ahead of it. Well, a, a really deep league. Yeah, I'm talking like really? 22 to 25, yeah, like, you know, rostered teams. Uh, I wouldn't even touch him there, but maybe in a two-quarterback league or something. Might be fun free agency. Yeah. Just quarterback's like, just too easy to fill right now. Yeah. Backup quarterback is the waiver wire or, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing guys get Mitchell Trubisky with the last pick. Yeah, how about that? Drafts. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many quarterbacks. And you know what? You know what's nice, actually? And this is good. We can talk about this on this show. People will appreciate it. I, I kept looking at my quarterback rankings, and you know me. I have no particular love for the Patriots, but uh, I kept looking at where I had Brady in my rankings, and I'm like, man, that's not right. Yeah, it was low. <laughs> that's just not right. Yeah. But, but you know, the ranking didn't have anything to do with Brady. It had to do with this looks like a run-heavy, you know, they're trying to win football games. They're not trying to help my fantasy team kind of offense, uh, and we were looking at it as such. But uh, that's going to change. I've already moved him up. Yeah, with with Flash coming in. Also, something that I caught last night, you know, Damian Harris uh, got his, New England got his first real good look I'm at Damian Harris. As you know. Yeah, look in the... He almost finished that one, that one nice run, that inside cut. Yeah, back took it right to the goal line. Yeah, that was a nice run. A beautiful run. He shows great vision. You know, he's, he's, he's got really good vision and he did a nice cut there. But what, what he's struck no me... He's nonsense. That's what I like. Yeah, about. what struck he me... the scheme. Let me tell you something. What struck me last night, though, was uh, his receiving ability. He made a couple nice catches. He made yeah, a nice. He's, he's a solid receiver. He's, he's not gonna, not gonna blow you away, but he's solid. I was just surprised to see him in that role. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. He made a nice. The first catch he made, he, uh, he reached out, you know, you know, parallel to the ground, caught it with his fingertips, and they made another shoestring catch later. I'm like, this kid's got good hands. He was so, my number one RB pre-combine, if you recall. I I'm, do. I'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of Damian Harris. Listen, people. <laughs> When you play for Saban for years, you're you're a good football player. Yep. There, I mean, I, I, I in some ways that's lazy analysis, but but he's a guy who played in a, a system where they don't allow you to not learn. And this is a guy. He's a he's a lunch pail guy. I mean, he works hard, and he's got underrated feet. The one thing that I always saw when I watched this film is that this guy's got good feet. Everybody talks about him like he's some kind of plotter. I don't think so. No, he's not. He's just a big, strong guy. You know what I mean? So it's it's easy to kind of label him as just like a typical, like a you know, 
Well, ben Jarvis Jacobs Green was, Ellis type runner, but he's not. Jacobs was the more exciting back, so people I think gravitated to that. Yep. And I don't have a problem with people liking Jacobs, Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. But but you know it doesn't have to be a one or the other thing. They can both be good, right? Right. And we've seen that Alabama's produced right. running multiple running backs that and, get drafted year right. after year and, after year. And in typical Patriot fashion, and in typical Raider fashion, you know Gruden plays first round value for his. The Patriots let a guy follow them. Yeah. And, I think in the end, probably the Patriots will win on that. As they often do. Yeah. All right, so the news dropped on uh, Friday night. I was out for a little while with, with my kiddos, and I came back, and I just happened to kind of you know check my email, and there was the breaking news. Josh Gordon reinstated. Yeah. You and I enjoy that more. I Absolutely. Think, He'll be the savior of the universe maybe for a few weeks. I'm looking. I think everyone's rooting for him. And, uh, you know, th- my, my quick take on this is that... That was when I stopped listening to Queen, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, I, I really like them, but they, yeah. they sort of lost me on Flash. Yeah, never a, never a huge fan. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but look, this is a good... It's a feel-good story, and I'm really obviously pulling for the kid. And, and just from a football perspective, he changes things immediately. Um, it's it's like when, when, the, when the Red Sox, if they had added a reliever, everyone slots into a role. You put Gordon in there, and everyone kind of fits. That, that depth chart on receiver looks a lot better now. And uh, so it's a big deal. And from a fantasy perspective, boom, he just starts surging up the... Uh, up the draft board. So there's well, a lot to talk about with Gordon. Yeah, I don't know how high I would take Josh Gordon in a fantasy draft, but probably not very high. To be a lot honest. higher than his ADP was going into Friday. Well, no, right? he's, not a, he's, not yeah. a, he's not a he's not a late rounder anymore, obviously. But um, I, look, you know, we've hit this before. You know, this is exciting. I'm, I'm really hopeful. I'm really rooting for this particular player. He's been through a lot. He seems like a pretty good kid. But, you know, We've seen this before. Yep. And and look, this is pure speculation. I and let's be really clear. You and I both want this guy to play sixteen games this year. Yeah. We'd really like to see it. And maybe more important than that, we'd like to see him finish his football career, not have any more bad things happen to him off the field, not yeah. become the subject of course of correct attention. Yep. And look, for the most part, with the exception of I, I know he had one incident with an auto, automobile, so that was a serious incident. But you know, the rest of his stuff, I don't know. To me it's it's just Young man stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully he's uh, on on a good road now. And but but here's the thing, and we've seen it before. You and I have talked about that this on this show before. The intensity of being a pro football player has sort of been the thing that has gotten to him at points. So we just hope that the bright lights don't reignite the problems. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know that that's the thing. So now he's going to come back. You're going to be a lot of reporters crowded around his locker. You know all that attention hopefully you know he can handle that and hopefully when he starts making his first big plays and all of a sudden all that positive attention comes back to him hopefully he has learned to to sort of cope with that uh, attention and it doesn't you know sort of reignite the demons we'll just have to wait and see well I'll tell know, you, look we're all hoping i mean patriot fans are hoping for it for obvious reasons oh yeah uh, but i think i think outside of new england uh, there's a lot of people rooting for this player well i'll tell you what i mean he's in the right place in terms of like wrapping a little bit of a net around him i don't know if you saw last yeah, the brady ni- stuff is positive last night. definitely you're not only that but i, I put think out that- a statement earlier today anything you'd like to add to that no nope. <laughs> not at all no oh, that's that why i put so out the statement that was so. It's funny. my favorite line. It's like nothing at all. No, that's why I put out the statement. My friend Rummy, I retweeted that with a little goat logo. My friend Rummy, Johnny Rumford, he said and Belichick likes that guy. Right. <laughs> he said that's one of his favorite. Well, Steve Burton's dad was a, a great running back in the '60s for the Patriots, the, the great Ron Burton. So Belichick has like 
respect for him, but I mean, it was painful to watch. Poor, poor, That's poor an Steve. example of Bill Belichick respecting a reporter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was rough. Oh, but look, at my, my, my point being there that uh, they're going to do everything that they can to, you know, put a little bubble wrap around him, but it's on him at the end of the day. It's, it's on him. Thank you. Know, you. So. That's exactly what I was about to say. And look, I mean, if I was Josh Gordon, would I maybe go out and, like, hire myself a babysitter? I might, you know, but I don't know what his disposition is, and we're not about to tell him how to live his life. Um, but, yeah, the key is that he finds a way to get through those moments, you know, where he's, you know, Anybody in recovery is going to have some weak spots, right? Yep. And it's it's a matter of riding over those spots, getting through those moments, and and hopefully he's got, hopefully he's in a place where he's prepared to fight that fight, and hopefully he's got a support system. You know. Yeah. I'm I, really rooting for this guy. Me I too. Really am. Me too. And what actually surprised me on this whole thing, and this is just like the, one of the first things I thought of is like, you know, I've been thinking about all him all off season, and then I'm like, I wonder if he was on the Chiefs or the Texans that he'd already be reinstated. I'm actually a little surprised. That the Why chimp- would you say that? Well, I'm going to say, tell you right now that, that the chimp- chimpanzees in the NFL office actually looked at that, this as an individual case and didn't uh, you know, use it as an opportunity to strike down the Patriots. I'm going to sound like a Patriots sycophant there with that, but there is, a, there is a little something with that. But I was actually, it was a mature decision you know, by the NFL to separate the two, and I was frankly a little bit pleasantly surprised about it. And that's what okay. I tweeted out on Friday night after I heard. So okay. just on that. All right. <laughs> Yeah, you could, go ahead. Let's Not go. taking let's, the cheese. No, let's let's <laughs> let's let. But let's talk about this player. Okay, yeah. it's, it's much more fun to talk about Josh Gordon as a football player anyway, because that's the whole reason this whole thing is so huge is because he's, he's great a on the field. Yeah, talent, and this is a chance for the Patriots. To go back, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's going to be like Moss, okay? But it's a chance for them to get back to that offensive paradigm where you've got an X. Like you said, everything sort of can flow from this player. Yeah, everyone that's, takes, that's it, everyone takes a different role. Conversation. Yep. And I agree with role. you. You can put this guy at an X, and you don't have to make him a chess piece. You just go, okay, here he is. You can deal with him, and everybody else becomes chess pieces, right? Because you can, you can now scheme around the ripple effect this player creates. He can tilt the field if you actually get him up at his top level. Um, and then the question becomes, can you protect Brady? Now we actually, you know, we start seeing Brady running more deep drops and stuff like that, and that part of it becomes interesting because we're asking a little bit more of our older quarterback and we're asking more of our offensive line, can you protect for another count? Um, you know, if we're going to get that old deep game going, right? You also I mean, Moss used to run a ton of deep stuff. There's another layer to that, too. You saw last night the return of Isaiah Wynn, who was drafted in the first round in Huge. 2018 and went out with an Achilles injury, a serious one, at preseason uh, game two last year. So it's literally almost like a year to the day. And he's back on the field. And, uh, you know, the highlights look pretty good. I'm not an offensive line expert, but he held his ground. He uh, he looked good on a, on a two-point conversion and on another, another touchdown in terms of just, you know, uh, not letting the edge get set on uh, on defense, you know, for for Tennessee. So yeah, he looks like he can play it. They say he's undersized. I don't know how if you can be six two and three hundred five pounds and be undersized. <laughs> but if you compare him to Trent Brown from last year, who was what six ten and like four hundred pounds, yeah, I guess but he's a little undersized. But we, we've talked about this before. But skilled. give the Patriots so much credit for understanding where their quarterback in his career, where the quarterback is in his career yep. and adapting the offensive personnel to deal with that. It's the opposite of the Giants where they have an old immobile quarterback and they let their line fall apart. Yep. You know, the Patriots get it, you know. And uh yeah, this is going to be fun to watch all of a sudden. They're going to be f- went from I went from being like, "Ah, Patriots are going to be really good this year, but they're going to be a little bit less 
fantasy fun, you know? Now all of a sudden it looks like we might get both. I, th- yeah, I think you're right. And there's just a lot of um, talent to deal with. You know, last night well, I got a guy who didn't play, who if you play in a deep league is like Philip Dorsett. I've got my eye on him as like a late-round potential sleeper. Now he'll probably be less, what less we've so seen. Before, yeah, yeah less so with Gordon coming in. But like, yeah. you know, as I said, you add Gordon in there and then suddenly everyone else looks a little bit better. Like Jacoby Myers comes up. Gordon comes in, and then you can get a guy like Dorsett coming in like third, fourth, fifth in the depth chart, and looks pretty good. So yeah, well, we talk about football like it's chess, but it's chess with resistance, right? So now all of a sudden, some of those smaller pieces, uh, you they're going to be functional. They're going to look really good when you when you when you go in. Like Jacoby Myers, you're going to be able to get matchups for him. Yeah, Philip Dorsett, you're going to they're going to put him in there when they see the right matchups, right? They can they can sit there and mix and match with their personnel now because they've got Edelman and Gordon doing the big stuff, doing the heavy lifting. And that's why you can give Brady a little bit of a bump because the more people he has and the more you know for uh, from game to game matchups that he can distribute the ball to, he's going to. I think he's proven that over the first nineteen years of his career. It's, so it's, it's big. The, look, the Gordon thing's big. Obviously, it's only big to the extent that he can stay. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Yep. We now have to live under that fear that we're going to wake up and Josh Gordon's going to have had a problem last night. Yeah. That's going to be a thing all season long and into the playoffs, unfortunately. That's that's part of the deal. Um, but as long as he's there, it it replaces that element that they've always sort of had unless Gronk's been hurt, right? right. It went from sort of Moss to Gronk. You've got that one piece that you can sort of work off of. Stretch the field with him. Stretch the field, draw extra defenders, tilt the field, however you want to describe it. But now they've got a guy like that. Gordon is, I mean, I've heard people saying, well, this guy could, you know, has the talent to be a, a top 20 receiver. It's like, dude. He's got the talent to be a top five receiver. He does. So this guy's special. Um, you know, and the, it's it's so interesting to talk about this because you know we were all thinking like, well, he'll probably show up sometime during the season. I was and surprised it, Friday night. I got to tell, it, I was surprised. I mean, I don't. Look, we don't want to spend too much time on this, but it's sort of interesting now. In some ways. I'm more nervous for him. Like now, we have to get him through a lot longer period of time to get yeah. into the playoffs. Yeah. Whereas if he shows up week ten, it's like okay, we if we can just can keep squeak him ten for weeks six out weeks. of him. Yeah. Right. Right. So now, in some ways, for the ultimate prize, this could be a little bit of a longer putt. Mm. But by the same token, just imagine sixteen weeks of Brady Gordon goodness. That's you know that's that's fun to think about. Well, the thing that struck me last year when Gordon came in was you know, Brady pretty much. I'm not gonna say instantly started to trust him, but it happened pretty quickly. Um, and, and once he saw what he saw on the field, whether that was from you know practice or just like a couple of throws early when he came in. It became very clear very quickly that he liked throwing to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and yeah, so well, you know, I think it'll like, happen pretty quickly. It's like back in the day when Eric Clapton came to jam with the Almonds, you know? It's like it, it, maybe they liked Eric, maybe they didn't. But the minute he sat down and started playing, it's like, ooh, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, greatness appreciates greatness. Uh, and uh, like you said, I think when Gordon showed up, Brady, <laughs> you know, he saw Brady's not stupid. He's yeah. a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. I think it took him all five minutes to go. Okay, we got a toy here. This is good. <laughs> so yeah, and 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 is the fact that Brady's taken Gordon under his wing is that because Tom is some great guy? Well, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of that. It's part of it, I'm sure. Yeah. But I also think there's a whole lot of yeah. I'm going to take care of this guy as much as I can. Got to love him and squeeze him and pet him, like you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like Bugs Bunny. He's like uh, he's like Tommy. He's like Tommy, Tommy Callahan. This pretty little pet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey. Whatever works. So that, so that's don't a, destroy it. So big news. So I, I, a lot to glean over the last two days with the Patriots. Obviously, you know Gordon uh, emerging, and and then Damian Harris getting the you know, getting the play that he got last night. I think was uh, encouraging, but also 
as a Patriots fan, I would say a bit of a relief because there was a lot of silence around him before really? last night. Well, just like he kind of wasn't getting the reps that uh, you would think with uh, Michelle dealing with his knee for the early part of training camp. You, you, I think you would hear his name more than you had, and then all of a sudden he burst on the scene, and yeah. we got what we expected. So that was good to see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I wasn't too worried. You know what's one interesting thing? Uh, there's a lot of speculation going around on the Twitter sphere or whatever you call it, um, that Edelman would now be a little bit down in value. I don't but, agree with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't really agree with it either. I mean, I understand he'll probably lose a target here and there because Gordon's going to get more than whoever would have been there if Gordon wasn't there. Um, but but the way I see it, if assuming Gordon is Gordon and he works out, it should extend drives. It should increase the offensive right. pie, increase total yardage, increase red zone opportunity, uh, increase the, the the odds that the Patriots will be throwing inside like the fifteen. They were one of the most run heavy teams in the red zone in the yep. whole league last year. That's right. Um, so particularly I, at the end when Gordon was out. Right. So I I think overall Edelman probably retains most of his value. If he loses anything, it's negligible. I'm still very comfortable with him. Uh, mid to late third, early fourth round. I was gonna say a third, third, third to fourth round is is the, is the place yeah. to get him. Look, he is the person who he's the guy who makes it go when it's third down. So if they're on the field more and they're marching down the field, that dynamic doesn't change. He's the go-to move the chains guy. Yeah. And the more opportunities there are to move the chains, he's gonna get his. Yeah. Well, I was talking about this online with some people um, yesterday, and actually, I was thinking about you in the conversation. And my, the last thing I said was, "Look, Binky gonna bink." Yeah. <laughs> That's just you know. That's it. No, you don't have to get too much more complex than that. Whether it's third I mean, and eight or third and three. Right. He's getting the ball. We can talk about the <laughs> fact that Jordan's that Gordon's going to do a lot of downfield stuff that can open up the underneath for Edelman. There's a lot of ways these players work together. Their yeah. their route uh, their route patterns don't intersect all that much. So I think there's a lot of reasons you, that you can use to argue pro Edelman here. But Binky going to bank is probably all you need. I, th- I think you just nailed it with that. <laughs> I, I agree. I don't see him. I don't bring him a tick down at all. He stays right where I have him, and I've got him right about where you have him too, which right. I think is probably you know middle yeah. end of the third, beginning of the fourth round. And, and you know what? Here's another thing. If it does cost you five percent value on Edelman, it, let's just say it does, or five or ten percent, there is there, you're still getting a side benefit, which is that if he's not getting peppered with targets constantly. He's healthier. Yeah, because this is a guy where the one problem we've had with him is sometimes he goes down. Well, he just so, he just goes into contact. He's fearless, and that right, can and hurt the, him. And what we've seen is that when the Patriots need him, when other people are hurt, when the game is on the line, they will sit there and throw the ball at him time after time Pepper after him. time. Yep. And, you know, maybe not having that scenario play out so often is, is not a bad thing for him. Because here's the thing. When they start going to that mode, it doesn't necessarily increase his fantasy value because the defense starts leaning on him, yep. and it's a lot of like seven yards and a big hit at the end of the at the end of the play. So I, I would almost rather have him lose a target here or there, and and become more efficient and dangerous. Yeah, get more weeks out of him. Yes, I agree with you. Yep. All right. So uh, other things I gleaned from last night were actually on the other side of the ball. A couple things. Yeah, One, I, th- yeah. There's a couple to talk about. There. Yeah, there is. So last week we were talking about tight ends in terms of uh, there's a lot of them, and I, I kind of started the conversation. With you know, it's it's such a class of like um, the, the the top of the of the ladder with the tight ends is so talented. Guys like you know, uh, guys like O.J. Howard and Evan Engram and all down the line. But I, I just kind of mentioned the, the veterans, and one of the veterans we talked about that we were not scared about a week ago was Delaney Walker on the Titans. And look at he was in just I think for a couple series, but he's coming off a pretty serious injury, and he made a nice nice catch over the middle. It just looks like Delaney's back. So I had him firmly 
as a potential tight end one, high tight end two, and I've got him right there. I saw nothing last night that worries me. In fact, it probably reinforces a little bit. So he looked good yeah, on that one yeah, catch. Yeah, he looked, he looked fine. Yeah. I'm not excited about him, but he looked fine. Um, Guy you uh, can fall back on, though, if you, you know what I mean? Oh, no doubt. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's a tie a knot in the rope. And yep. Yeah, I mean, if, if you end up with Delaney Walker as your tight end starter, you're okay. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Agree. Uh, um, uh, things I There are a couple other things, though. Um I, I'm going to let you talk about Deion Lewis. Yep, he had a little bit like of. You wit- brought him up to me. Yeah, he I just, agree with what you said. Yeah, he just he, he, there was one play where I saw that old Dion, that little whoop, that could kind of make people miss type of thing. So he looks like he still has that, and that's interesting um, because I think that's an offense that's going to need him. You know, he didn't have a great year last year, and well, everyone, a lot of people are talking about Derrick Henry, which they should. But I think Dion's going to be a factor in that offense. He well, they need him to be. Yep. And and the thing is, I think what you're seeing is that he's still Dion Lewis if you don't wear him out. You know, look with the Patriots, they created positive running situations for him. He didn't get as worn out. With the Titans, it's tough sledding a lot of the time. Yeah. Right. And when you give, if you give a little back, high volume in a tough sledding situation, by week eight, he's not going to be the same. And that's sort of what we saw with Dion last year is that, you know, this isn't the Patriots anymore. I'm getting whacked around back here. Um, if they can go to a situation where it's more like 20 for Henry, 10 for Dion, but keep it consistent, like don't let Dion have two carry weeks. Yeah. I think they could, that backfield could really perform well. Yeah. He could be a, a, and a, let's a value one in more a draft. Thing. Yeah. Uh, now I'm, I'm with you on Dion. I thought he looked good. I thought his feet were back because yep. the second half last year, his feet looked a little dead, mm. which is weird for that particular player. But that's his whole Jeremy, game. How about Jeremy McNichols? Yeah, how about I mean, he got number thirty? Yeah, he had. He bounced around a little bit. We knew he had a receiving. He was skill on set. San Francisco last year, right? He was on San Francisco. Yeah. We started with Tampa Bay, but and he hasn't stuck on a team yet. But they look like they had some ideas for him because he had that touchdown called back, right? Yeah. But if you look the next play, they had him lined up out wide, and they hit him on a little a little slant. So that got my attention. Yeah, they were moving him around a lot, yeah. uh, over and above what looked like 30 carries. Yeah, um, if he makes yeah. that roster and there's an injury to Dion or to Henry, he could be somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think if so, if you're the type like like Pete and I that are in a couple of deep, deep drafts where we have 12 teams, anywhere from 20 to 25 players on each roster, that's a good late roster ad potentially. That's an upside yeah. guy. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and I thought Corey Davis, uh, he had one play where he didn't come up with the ball, but other than that, I thought he looked pretty good. Can I tell? He did look good, but can I tell you who else looked good? Uh, he is big, but you know what? He actually he actually didn't look as big as he normally does because the Patriots' second-round draft pick, Jawan Williams, was right up with him. I thought he played really well. Now, this is a fantasy show, so I don't want to get too wonky with the, with the cornerbacks. We can talk fantasy, man. That's but, going to be important stuff. Yeah, but he, he held his own with Corey Davis, and Corey Davis, looks statistically, hasn't broken out yet, but he's an alpha receiver. He's a Absolutely really good is. receiver. He's on the Very Titans, underrated. folks. You know, if he was on the Saints... He might be doing a little bit more, but you, you know what I mean? But he's he on, the on the Titans. Patriots, you never would have traded for Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you wouldn't have. Yeah. He's a great, he's a really talented receiver. Yeah. And, and your rookie cornerback hung with him all game long that he was out there. I was impressed. Yeah. That's no, definitely a good sign. And I, I, I just thought Davis looked like he was moving well. Um, and Mariota looked functional. It wasn't, wasn't gorgeous. But when he had some time, he was he was getting the ball in there. I actually thought Tannehill played. Uh, yeah, Tannehill looked a good. Tannehill too. looked all right. There might yeah. be. A, that might... I only caught a very little bit of him. But he look. Tan, Ryan Tannehill is a guy where if that knee comes back a hundred percent, some people forget that he's actually a mobile quarterback. You know? Yeah, you don't have to tell New Englanders, man. I mean, he he's he's he's, he's been pretty tough on the Patriots. Right. The Patriots always have a little trouble against Miami, particularly down there, and and he's tended 
tended to step up and have his best games against them. But like you know, I'm not saying that's a camp battle. It's probably you know likely I, Mariota's, but I, I wouldn't rule Tannehill out. I think you're right. I I don't. I, I, it's something just short of a camp battle. Yeah. Um. It, if if Mariota, you know, blanks the pooch. Yeah, we could have ourselves a camp battle. Yeah. I thought Mariota looked okay enough yesterday where he'll probably have the thing. But the bottom line is Tannehill's very important because they haven't been able to keep Mariota healthy. And when Mariota's gone down, as bad as people think he is, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Right? So now, you know, if Mariota gets slammed on his elbow in the first quarter, they don't have to sit there and gut the game out with him at quarterback because they're terrified of Blaine Gabbert. Right. <laughs> Whatever can... cheese they have below him, too. Yeah. You think we're scared of Gabbert. Apparently, Vrabel is even more oh, scared yeah. of Gabbert. Yeah. So, you he know, knew what he didn't have in that case. Exactly. So uh, now they have a place they can go, and the offense will con- continue to function. And that's right. important. We're going to take a little break, but just one thing on Tannehill. The one thing he does have is guts. You know, I'll give you that. He's a kind of a gritty kid. So if, if Mariota were to get the job and go down... I think Tannehill just comes in snapping and throwing. It's just the kind of the, the makeup he has from, He's from my eyeballs. He, he, he was a receiver in college. We, there you go. It's good to remember that. Yep. All right. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back with more Patriots and more fantasy football stuff. It's draft season. We've got a lot to get to. Sports Radio, WEI. This is Boston Sports Station. Now here's what's trending on WEI. <laughs> All right, the Pats had another victory last night in preseason game two against the Titans. Final score, 22-17. to Brady did not get in the game, and that was expected, but rookie quarterback Jared Stidham finished after a rough start, 14-19 of 19 for 193 and a touchdown. Looked pretty good, particularly uh, middle of the third quarter through the fourth quarter. Not a bad job by him. Another notable rookie from last night, we just talked about him, running back Damian Harris out of Alabama. Rushed for 80 yards on 14 carries. Also had four nice catches on four targets, if you missed that. The Sox got another win last night, extending their winning streak to four games. They beat the lowly Orioles 4 to nothing. Eduardo Rodriguez racks up his 14th win of the season. Seven shutout innings uh, for Rodriguez last night. Good job by him. And uh, they pick back up at 1 o'clock. Chance to sweep the Orioles. Nathan Avaldi back on the mound. It'll be Avaldi's first start since April 17th. Joe Castiglione and Dale Arnold will be in the booth. Kick off things today with Will Fleming in your pregame show at 12.05 right here on the WEI Shaws and Star Market Red Sox Radio Network. Uh, other Red Sox news, not good. Bad news for Chris Sale. He'll be placed on the 10-day IL with elbow inflammation. The team will get a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews. That's never really good. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. All right, welcome back. Jim Hackett, Pete Davidson. Lots of Pat's talk from last night and getting into the fantasy football stuff as we are in prime draft season. We've got our big one coming up Saturday. I'm excited yeah. about. Yep, looking looking Should forward be a to lot of for fun. Sure. Um, so a, a little bit of funny news that came out. I mean, there's like it's it's uh, sometimes you're kind of scrambling to see what's out there. But there was a tweet this morning from I think it's a Dallas beat reporter that uh, Ezekiel uh, Elliott was seen flying home to Dallas Fort Worth. Could he just have been going home, leaving Mexico? Yeah, leaving Mexico, or is there something else there? I listen. I uh, it, keeping Zeke in Mexico was a good idea, I because you know there's. No American law enforcement down there. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't mean that the way it sounded, but I mean, like, you know, you, you can only oh, get boy. in trouble if you're just hanging out in the U.S. You know, yeah, that's true. Hang out yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. Squirrel! Not the dumbest thing in the world. I, that could have been Jerry Jones' idea is sort of my point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's coming back, it sounds like he's his weight is down. Um, it's probably a good sign. 
You're not uh, just in terms of like the where he is in fantasy, though. I mean, you're not really bumping him down too much. You, I haven't th- bumped him down. I, look, I, I have him at the bottom of the tier that he's in. Yeah, the, t- the top four, the top four, four right. running backs. Right. I, here's my thing on Zeke. And look, I admit this is nothing but touchy feely nickel psychology. I admit it. But what I know of Jerry Jones, what we all know of Jerry Jones, and what the Cowboys have done to get to the spot where they are now, where they're actually pretty good. Yeah, they got a shot. And I'm a big fan of their new OC, Kellen Moore. I, I'm a really big fan. I'm excited to see what that offense might look like now. It might be less static. Than, yeah. you know, get Garrett out of there. But I just the uh, the idea that Jerry Jones at this stage, after everything they've done, after drafting Elliott High with that offensive line, with things now in place, and they've got Amari Cooper trading and, for Cooper, and, and the drafting Michael is Gallup, a little bit down. If they yeah. can just get around Philly, they've got this thing. Yeah. And now they're suddenly, as I said the other day, going to grow a brain. <laughs> and 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 realize running back value and start acting accordingly. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't sound like Jerry Jones. I think you're right. I think it's he, like a he cat can't... starting to bark. Yeah. It's 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 just not. I just I think don't see gonna, it happen. Yeah, they're gonna pay him. I mean, will they stare him down? Will they try to get some of their money back? Will they try to save some face and not just cave? Maybe, but when it comes right down to it, I just see Zeke Elliott in camp. Before the thirtieth. Well, the whole thing, the whole offense. Do. We've been saying it for years. The whole offense there in Dallas runs through him, right? And Jerry Jones is like as vain as it gets. He's he's chomping at the bit, man. He wants right. he wants back in a big way. Right. So it just it just adds up. Yeah. Look, people can talk up Tony Pollard all they want. I'm not the biggest fan personally. I mean, sure, if you give him a bunch of touches behind that line, is he going to put up nice fantasy yeah. stats? Absolutely. If Zeke's out, would you want Pollard? Sure. But you know, first of all, don't discount Mike Weber. The kid from OSU, he's pretty mm. good too, and he got dinged up in camp. Like at some point, he could become a big factor on early downs. But look, again, the idea that they're going to suddenly become pound wise, penny foolish instead of the opposite, I yeah. just, I just don't buy it. They, they want Zeke Elliott on the field too badly. Uh, I, the negotiating game is going to go on, but at the end, I think even if, and I think both sides may give a little bit in the end. Mm. And by the way, you know, I, I really hope Melvin Gordon and his representation see the light at some point. That one, that, that one, I'm they're a little, doing themselves a disservice. That one, I'm more worried about because um, oh, you should. The be. Chargers have a I history of him into the bottom of the third. Yeah, well, the Chargers have a history of digging in. I mean, and it's and they and, do. Yeah, they did. I mean, they that goes back to, to AJ Smith, who's gone, but but still, I agree with you. They did it to Ladainian Tomlinson, if I remember correctly. Right. Well, they well did that's it what to I mean. Nate means back, before yeah. then. Vincent Jackson, Ladainian yeah. Tomlinson, they have a history, but that is sort of like 2013, 2012-ish. We have to go back there, but but you're right. I mean, you know, it flows from the very top. And yeah. uh, but but look, I this in this particular case, I don't know that I blame them. You know, I, I you know they've got a really good three man backfield. I, you know, yeah, Eckler I would, and Jackson I just pay good. Melvin what he wants. Melvin's not that good. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he if good, if, if he was good. if he wasn't holding out, he wouldn't be in that top tier. He'd probably be at the back of the second tier, you know, with David Johnson being at the front of it. That's how I kind of see him. Yeah, I had James Conner. I had, Connor I had Melvin range. at the turn. Yeah, I had him at the end of the first, beginning of the second. Yeah, that feels you about know, and right. He's really good, and you know, he's with Rivers, and you can count on him. And if if he's healthy and ready to go, I would move him right back up there. But as of now, I'm concerned we don't see this guy till week like ten. What's interesting on that situation, Pete, uh, beyond Melvin Gordon, is kind of like what happens 
you know, below him with Eckler and Justin Jackson. I think the early yeah. reaction was everyone jumping, you know, if they were drafting early to grab Eckler. I wouldn't rule out yeah, Justin I, Jackson. That looks like a well, split maybe to me. I think Eckler's the right guy to grab, but I think if you look at cost, you can make a good argument for Jackson because if you want Eckler, you're probably going to have to move into that sixth to eighth round area yeah, depending early. on your draft, uh, whereas you might be able to get Jackson in the 10, 11, 12 area. So from a standpoint of value, I think you're right because I think these guys are likely to be fairly close in terms of touches the thing people need to understand is the more your league rewards receptions i think the more you it swings to eckler yeah at an even touch rate because he's going to get a higher percentage of receptions yep yeah i mean he's always been the third down back you know he's the guy who comes in there so but the thing i think people need to understand both of these backs are a little undersized and if san diego is going to go with just these two and without gordon they're probably going to split time makes sense uh, um just because they're both in that 194 poundish area yep uh, speaking of uh, the kind of the unstable assets that we just don't know a lot about, a little Elliot and a little Melvin Gordon. Want to hit quickly AB and uh, Andrew Luck? Hit, wherever you want to go. Who yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Andrew Luck, he kind of like surfaced. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, last week I'm like, dude, there's no, like we don't know anything. Let's not talk about this. This week it's like now we don't know 10 things about him. Know. You know? It's like it's all speculation, but yep. now at least it's like, okay, so there's lower foot stuff, leg stuff. It sounds like he's got some type of growth that's causing some discomfort. I think the important thing to remember here is we're dealing with a foot thing. As long as this guy can get on the field, his shoulder's okay. It's not like it's a knee. It sounds like it, it sounds like this is something that will get cleaned up eventually, but yeah. they're going to have to find a way to work through this season. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know what type of pain medication they might be able to use to get through this, but this could be that kind of situation because as long as you're not risking compensation injuries and such, he can probably gut this thing out. Um, the thing we have to really look at now is week one availability. Um, the fact that they've got some film on him moving around yesterday, that was really positive. I yep. don't know if you caught that, but he looked okay. Yeah. Um, it's better than so, throwing Nerf balls, which he was last spring. I mean, that was right. concerning. <laughs> right. He's throwing. Yeah, that was like a big, in fact, it was I a big deal Nerf. when he was throwing the Nerf. <laughs> I throw Nerf balls. Okay. He's graduated from the tennis ball to the Nerf yeah, ball. Yeah, that was. Uh... Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, the first couple weeks of the season, he looked like a guy who'd been throwing a Nerf ball yeah. all off season. Yeah. Um, but the thing with luck, and I mean, he's easy to fade. You know, it's like, okay, he's sure. going to risk him and a fade luck for a while. That's such not a, a deep, big deal. Such a deep position. Exactly. Too. I don't lose any sleep over that. It's the it's the the stuff associated to him that's giving us a problem. Okay, yeah. Is Paris Campbell an upside guy now? Um, is, is T.Y. Hilton middle of the third? or I, like I've moved him down to the end of the third. I'm hoping to move him back up soon. Yep. Um, Marlon Mack, if, if luck's not running this offense... You know, That's being a, the early down back suddenly isn't as attractive as yeah, it was before. He should take so. a. He should, if, if you're right, it, it, he's the guy who should take the biggest hit because there's a lot of hype about him over the You know, coming into training camp over the summer. Right. You know, so and if the team goes from being ahead in games to being behind in games, yep. then the value of Mac is lessened, and the value of maybe Nyam Hines comes up. Yeah, we can get Hines really late. Yep. Yeah, so there's that. Yep. So that's uh, so th- that's something just to kind of keep an eye on. Again, kind of moving them down, but you know, keep an eye on what's happening, and then but just take take a long view in terms of the ent- the entirety of the situation from Hilton Campbell Mack all the way down. And it's easy to forget. We're going through all these running backs and luck, and it's easy to forget, man. We've got two elite receivers that are having trouble now. Uh, AJ Green. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, we may not see him until October. He's off my board, basically. Um, um, he's just... off my board unless he really slips. Yeah. Um, and then um, now we've got Keenan Allen. Uh, yeah, he's got an ankle. ankle That's, that it sounds yeah. like he'll probably be back for week one, but mm. this is definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. I've well, moved him down two spots. Or yeah, spots. I, I, Keenan Allen with an ankle—that's concerning because he's one of those underneath, you know, kind of 
PPR guys, reception Very guys. Needs to I'm eat, totally with you on that. Needs to cut, needs to dig in, you know what I mean? And like that's that's concerning. And he's a well, guy... Need to fun- I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but he's also a guy that's had some injuries, you know, throughout his right. short career. So, Well, maybe him not playing for the rest of the preseason could be a good it thing. It might help him, yeah. But, but to your point, we want to find out, is that a high sprain or a low? If it's a low, I'm not worried at all about his long-term season. But if it's a high ankle sprain, then, you know... We, I might just keep him downgraded through spots. Yeah, and you're talking ligaments when you talk about ankles. I got Did you see the uh, that documentary Free Solo? And um, he no. take he, the guy. T- you should see it. It's phenomenal. But he takes a tumble off the off the mountain and uh, and has a, his first injury is like a high ankle sprain. But the the doctor actually says, you know, anytime it's an ankle, it's a ligament. Yeah, I, I that's rem- right. You know what and I mean? Ankle ligaments. Like when people say, "Oh, it's a ligament in the ankle," people start freaking out. It's like, dude, it's always a ligament in the ankle. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think I have ligaments in my ankles anymore. <laughs> he was attacked. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hit more uh, Pats, more fantasy stuff coming up on Sports Radio WEI. Yeah. All right, Jim Hack and Pete Davidson, back at you. Fantasy football hour. Speed metal on a Yeah, bring it. You can close out with that if you like, Joe. <laughs> Crash into the gate on my way, on my way out here. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off right now. <laughs> I can't slam my head into the desk right now. I've got a mic on my face. Yeah. All right. So we, we've um, been talking a lot of uh, Patriots week preseason two and kind of everything that happened there, a lot of Josh Gordon and getting more into the fantasy stuff as we get ready to close the show. And uh, there, there are some kind of, you know, emerging topics that I kind of wanted to hit. One is... and We could use a five-hour show right now. Yeah, we could. I mean, it's, it's only... It's just, it ramps up, it ramps up, it ramps up. And you can see when the text line is humming once week one Worth comes. Worth noting, just, uh, I am going to update the Rotobon ranks um, this afternoon if anyone's drafting tonight. Just That's good information. Cheat sheets are up, and we're going to have more podcasts next week. Jim and I are going to get into a regular podcast schedule starting next week. Yeah, we're exciting. back, baby. It's been tough to find a studio, but we got we got in a uh, we we got on a firm rotation, so they're going to kind of be dropping on uh, um, Saturday mornings, like late Friday night. They'll go up, but most people catch them on on Friday mornings. It'll be nice, right in your mug, ready to go. Can't wait. With Cannot good, wait. Yeah, be good. So uh, we'll knock that out. So hey, a couple topics I wanted to hit with you. Let's do it. Uh, one is we did a draft last week, and um, you made an interesting pick with Kyler Murray. Um, which made sense, and I heard your rationale. Eh, you, you, you kinda, I don't know how much sense it made. It was something. Listen, sometimes when I do drafts, I I want to experiment a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I you know I when you do what I do, you want to try things, and I I had this idea that in this draft, people were going to really fade quarterbacks. And You're right. I, and I would have a chance to pull off something that I thought would be interesting. Um, and was it optimal strategy? Probably not. If you look at my quarterback rankings, I went against my own rankings yeah. to do what I did. But I am a as as you know, I'm always been a fan of quarterbacks who give you big foot points. Yep. And no quarterbacks give you foot points like young first and second year quarterbacks. Yeah, because they haven't teams been, are willing to let them go, yeah, right? And they haven't had the injuries yet and they Correct. don't have the conscience yet. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So and you've got well, there's there's a whole bunch of reasons. So yeah, I went out of order at quarterback. I took Kyler Murray in now. I took him ahead of some other really good quarterbacks, but the other thing is, I I also waited till the eighth round. So, yep. you know, you could attack me on I think the order of the quarterbacks, but I don't think I went early to get Kyler Murray necessarily, or maybe a round or something like that. Um, but what I wanted to do was get quarterbacks who are going to run like crazy, uh, and what I did is I took Kyler. Um, and then I got Duke Johnson the round after that because I really wanted to get him. And then because and that was the whole thing is I knew the quarterbacks were going to go really slow. Yep. Um, and then I was able to get I think it was in the tenth, 
uh, I got Lamar Jackson as well. Well, I think it's a smart hedge. People kind of raise their raise their brows to that. It's like, why would you, you know, waste that pick? But it's like, you know, those guys are putting their bodies out on the line in a big way. So, you know, I think it's a smart hedge. I, I, I never think that's dumb. Well, yeah, whether it was smart or dumb, I think there was a, at least a, a valid reason to do it. Yeah. Um, and, let, you know, I, I was committing to a paradigm. We'll see, you know, we'll know like in a month and a half. If I'm an idiot. So here's what I wanted to fla- to throw past you is like you know Thursday night uh, Arizona didn't look so good and uh, right you know, right. So I just wonder if like you know if that made you queasy at all like you know but um, or is it just I mean just it's just, you know really his first action so I wouldn't be too concerned about it. But well I don't think Kyler Murray played bad. I think he didn't have a chance. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the film, it was like a jailbreak. So um, if that offensive line is so bad that he's getting 1.5 counts to deal, mm. then, yeah, this is a total problem, and I'm going to regret the pick. There's <laughs> no doubt about it. That would worry you know, me about David Johnson, too, a little bit. Pass there. protection can be overrated. because you know, uh, and, and there's a lot of good data analysts right now who are showing people with data what you and I have known for a long time, which is that sacks, you know, a lot of the time have nothing to do with the OL. It has to do with the quarterback. Yeah, holding the ball, the ball. too long, yeah. Um, so, you know... Uh, that wasn't the problem. Uh, so what they need out there is a modicum of pass protection. Yeah. Uh, and if they don't get it, it's it's going to be a huge problem. Yep. And we'll, think- we'll have to see. It's up to Kingsbury and their coaches to get that line just a little bit functional. Yeah. It worries me more about David Johnson than it does Kyle Murray. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an issue with David Johnson. Yep. And, I, and I, it's funny. Everybody's talking about Kyler Murray. You're like the third person, Jimmy, who I've heard who's actually gone there quickly because. You're a veteran, and you know fantasy football. Yeah. The, the the thing we should be worried right now about right now is David Johnson. Yeah. It's uh, easy to fade Kyler Murray and not take him a quarterback. Yep. It's but not, if you're in the six or the five hole, you have to deal with David Johnson. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of factors to deal with, like stuff that we just don't know yet. You know, like Gurley comes to mind. Um, and I kind of like in the draft we were in last week, I think it was what, like end of round two, and the guy just slapped him on the board, like I'm doing it. And if you're going to do it, you have to have that conviction. You can't be like wishy-washy about it because we just don't know. There's too much we don't know. It, it's funny how Gurley seems to <laughs> – the way Gurley seems to get taken is the one of the people right before the guys who got elite running backs seems to go, man, I don't know if I want this guy or not, <laughs> right. but I'm not letting the Elliott guy get him. Yeah. I'm not letting the Kamara guy get yeah. him. Like that seems to be what's going down in the second round, and I could sort of understand that. But also, if you're a good drafter and, and you you know you, you're going to build a good team, like you know, it wouldn't be the first time that your first or second pick was a bust. You know it happens. Well, so they get injured. Yeah, Look, I don't know, man. You no, know, I don't he, know. But here I'm saying you don't want your, your second rounder goes down. You're in a world of hurt. It, it, it's true. But like you know, last year, you know, if like for those who drafted Le'Veon Bell, for instance, you know, early before the holdout was getting like really serious, if you got James Conner, you might have been all right. If you got no, him later, you know. Y- yes, you can, as an you, example, if you're good, you can overcome. But you don't want to put yourself no, in a situation a stra- where it's you're It's certainly not a strategy. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I whipped a team that had Leonard Fournette as its first-round pick into the playoffs last year. Yep. I, you know, I don't know if it's because I was a good drafter. I think it's because I got lucky and I got McCaffrey in the second round. Yeah. You know, um, So I don't know. I, I, I know what you're saying, but I mean, I've been talking on Gurley the whole time saying people are giving up on this guy too soon. I still haven't come to a conclusion yet, yeah. and we're not going to see him in preseason. So this is, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I have an appointment to talk to a friend of mine who's a physical uh, who's who's a sports physical trainer, you know, uh, and I'm going to talk to him about the knee. I'm probably going to do that on Tuesday, and I might have a little bit to say after I do that. But my whole thing is with Gurley, there's a, there was an injury and there's a condition, and I don't know exactly where those two things intersected, and I don't know what the status of the injury is, and do we know if the injury made the condition worse? It's a really complex situation, but if it's a situation where he had a condition which was exacerbated by the injury, but now the injury is gone, 
does that mean that we're now back to the Todd Gurley we saw last September? Because if it because if that's the case, chips in. He, he's he, right. He's worth more than a late second round pick. Right. So it's you know it really comes down to what you believe. The other thing I don't like about the Gurley situation, just to kind of sharing my thoughts, is like yeah. you know sometimes you have a situation like this. It's very clear you know who the guy behind him is going to be. So like last year with Le'Veon Bell, it's like all right, I I, I know Pittsburgh at least last year and before, commits to one back. If he goes down to get Connor, Connor gets right. the juice. Mm-hmm. W- with the Rams, what I don't like is, like, there's a lot of backs on that team. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they, they drafted Daryl Henderson, a rookie. Malcolm Brown's a good back. John Kelly's a good back. You know, right. so... Uh, He's certainly talented. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if I want to take four handcuffs. You know what I mean? Or three well, you handcuffs. Know, I, think you know? you take, I, I, I think you take Henderson or Brown right now. Um, probably Henderson just because he seems to be getting the work. Um, but it's, you're, it's, I, I agree with you that it's definitely something to watch. Like over the next two weeks, we may find out that they start moving away from Henderson because he's not picking the scheme up quick enough. That's something to keep an eye on. Yep. Um, but they seem to be pushing him in there. They, they like him and they seem to really want to get him in. So right now I'm still on Henderson. But I mean, you bring up a, a good point in that there are some talented backs in this backfield. Here's the thing with the Rams. Somebody's going to be putting up a lot of stats. Yeah. So, you know, if you believe in one of these backs, if you, if you if you're not a Henderson guy and you believe in Brown and you're not drafting uh Gurley, well you should be targeting Brown. I mean, you should be targeting him. You follow me? If yeah. you think if you don't yeah, think if bought in, if you sure. think Gurley's a bad investment and you're off Henderson, then you should be all in on Brown. Right. Right? Right. And you can grab that guy in the 13th round. What are you nuts? Go do it. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's a dynamic we need to we need to look for. So we're going to be talking a lot more fantasy stuff. I and mean, we always like sprinkling Patriots because I need to get my fix. But we we got a lot more fantasy stuff because we're in the prime draft season. So Pete at Rotobon on Twitter at Rotobon the rankings top five hundred. So you can get yeah. knee deep in that stuff. And the Rotobon draft plan is going to be up uh, midweek. Yep, and we'll be podcasting on Friday. It'll probably drop Friday night, Saturday morning, and then back next week in the uh, in the height of the draft season, which will be fun. You can follow me on Twitter at at w. I Hacksaw. Pete is at Rotobon. And I think we've got uh, Wiggy Bradford and Reamer coming up. Is that right, Joe? Yes, that is correct. All right. They're probably, Stay they, tuned for that. They're at Fenway, and we'll be back next week. So long, everybody. <laughs>